If you haven't checked out our uh, RB and QB summits, you need to go ahead and do that. We are talking, discussing all of the position groups for uh, Campus to Canton Leagues. The summits are our battlegrounds. We get to poke and prod and make fun of each other, the poor job that we're doing. So thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, subscribe to uh, Campus to Canton on YouTube, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts too. Today is the wide receiver ranking summit, and we're going to talk about some tight ends too. We're going to get right into it here. Our top 10 consensus at Campus to Canton. Number one, Kayshawn Boutte. Number two, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I really don't think that there's any surprise there between those two. Marvin Harrison Jr., number three. Quentin Johnston, the tall, lanky playmaker from TCU at number four. Xavier Worthy and Jordan Addison, number five and six. Jermaine Burton, transferring from Georgia to Alabama. He gets the seven spot. Josh Downs, the diminutive dynamo. That's a hard word to say. From UNC um, at number eight, Luther Burden, the only freshman on the list. And number 10, Parker Washington. That rounds out our top 10 at wide receiver. And at tight end, Michael Mayer, uh, the upperclassman, is ahead of Brock Bowers. Michael Trigg, number three. Zach Koontz, the uh, big, what is that, Old Dominion for Zach Koontz. Jaheim Bell, number five. Ben Eurosick Eurosick from Stanford, number seven. Elijah Arroyo, uh, actually Ben Eurosec, number six. Elijah Arroyo, number uh, seven. Josh Simon, number eight. Sam Laporta, number nine. And Theo Johnson, number 10. Uh, Matt Bruning, on a scale of one to 10, what in this, in this wide receiver group, what confidence level do you have that this group is going to be productive, fantasy relevant in the NFL? Uh, I'd say probably a eight, 8.5. I mean, I, I see the pass for Kayshawn, JSN, Marvin Harrison, Quentin Johnston worries me a little bit just because we do have to project a little bit. We we've seen some really great points in his game, some real exciting flashes of what he could be, but we still want to see him develop a little bit more as much as I, I mean, Xavier Worthy, amazing freshman season, but some people have fears about his weight. I know you can point to Devonta Smith, but he's like one of one who's done it. So I think there are some fair concerns there on Xavier Worthy as well. Love Jordan Addison, but there's a lot of people who hype him up as like a top 12 wide receiver when he gets into the NFL. I don't know that he has necessarily that upside. I think he's very good. Uh, Jermaine Burton's the one I don't, but I know I'm, I'm probably on an island here with Jermaine Burton. Like I know Colin is really likes Jermaine Burton. I'm not in. I actually believe I have him outside of my top 12. I don't know if I'm the only one, uh, but I, I do not have him in my top 12. Downs, again, size. Maybe you worry a little bit about him if he's only projected to be a slot wide receiver at the NFL. What does that really mean for him moving up? And then Parker Washington, you like to see it. I'm all in on Luther Burden. Obviously, if you, anybody's seen my hot takes lately, you listen to Campus Life or checked out our new Instagram page. Thank you, Hannah, who's absolutely killing that. So there's a couple guys you have questions for. So I'd say an eight. on the high end. For all that professionalism, you're muted. I said that is pretty high. Uh, I was thinking about the numbers that we would give uh, for um, the quarterback and and running back rooms. 
Colin, what about you? What what score would you give as far as confidence level? Because I, a lot of these guys are going to be productive for you on the college side. So really, the question is: is are we going going to get production from uh, on the NFL side with some of these guys? Yes, yeah, so I would actually put it pretty close there to Matt, maybe an eight, maybe a little less than an 8.5. So, but I do feel pretty confident in these rankings. The one that I would be the most concerned with Luther burden, but that's just because he's a freshman. We haven't seen it at all from everybody else in this group. We've seen very solid production at the college level. Um, You know, Marvin Harrison jr. Was only one game, but it was a big game. We know we like Ohio state wide receivers And another thing with this top 10 group here, too, is all of these guys are in big name programs and and they're going to be very productive for the college side, too. So the top 10 is actually a really nice marriage of Debbie talent and CFF talent. Um, So, I mean, like you said, some of these guys are going to be the top scoring wide receivers here. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigma and Jigba could be the Bolitnikoff winner this year. And if it's not him, it could very easily be uh, Jermaine Burton or Xavier Worthy. You know, Jordan Addison won it last year. So, like, there's a lot of talent at the top right now in, in the wide receiver. And so I, I am very confident in our rankings here. It seems like wide receiver is particularly strong in college right now. And quite, I mean, it's very, very deep. Um, so, no, I agree with you, Colin. Austin. Who who would you have the least confidence in amongst this top 10? Um, so amongst the top 10, somebody just asked for this. So real quick, uh, show up on time, people. Come on now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Keishon Boutte, JSN, Marvin Harrison Jr., Quentin Johnson, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Addison, Jermaine Burton, Josh Downs, Luther Burton, Parker Washington. There's our top 10. Um, the one that I'm least confident in is Parker Washington, who is not in my top 10 uh, of these wide receivers. And actually, I'm shocked. That we're so low on on Mecca Buka, who I do have in my top ten. We we don't have him in here at all. Uh, torpedoed by two of you. Maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, the one that I, uh, Parker Washington is the one that I don't have in my top ten. I don't think he belongs there. Um, look, I like him, but I think by now we probably know with Parker Washington that he's probably slot only. He just is kind of built like one of those you know thicker, slightly bigger slot guys. But he doesn't have the versatility that, like, you know, like Debo can run the ball a little bit. And he could come out of college, too. Like, this isn't like he just learned how to do this. I don't like he doesn't have that kind of versatility where I think if if things don't necessarily work out for him the way he is, like he has another weapon to fall back on. I mean, I guess you can point to like a, a Cooper Cup or somebody like that who's made a nice career out of the slot without uh, necessarily a, a ton of other options. But Washington just feels like a guy where you're betting on him to do one thing and one thing well. And if that one thing doesn't really work, then I think he's going to be in some trouble in the NFL. Alfred, same question for you. I mean, confidence level in this group seems to be high, probably the highest amongst uh, all of the, the position groups. Is that how you feel? Yeah, I, I think I was actually thinking about this before we came on tonight and I, I actually was like, I think we're going to have a pretty general consensus, at least in the, on the top end of the wide receivers without a whole lot of, um, you know, disagreement. I feel pretty good. Like I think uh, Colin actually put it really well. You know, it's these guys at the top in the top 10 or whatever, we can see a lot of them going in the first or second round of the draft in the next two years. Um, 
with the exception of Worthy, who's the, you know, the only rising sophomore, I think, in that group and Luther Burden. But I think it's, you know, it's probably the closest to consensus that we'll get. I think running backs may be the top three, but then there were some differences after that. And then, but for the receivers, I think it goes down, you know, we're pretty in lockstep. And I think that should mean that we're, we're accurate if we all agree, right? I, I would imagine. We're going to get to this conversation about, you know, whether JSN or Kayshawn Boutte deserve, deserves to be number one. But Austin, I remember the 2020 wide receiver class. It was Julian Fleming, the, the kid from Ohio State who was an athlete who transferred already to Missouri and has disappeared. It was G. Scott. It was Jackson Smith and Jigba. And Jackson Smith and Jigba was not the number one wide receiver in that class, according to 24-7, but he was your number one wide receiver. What is it that you saw in him that you, you kind of foreshadowed what was to come? Yeah, I know we're not on this show here tonight to poke at each other, but I believe basically the first uh, debate we ever really had on Debbie Debate was uh, each one of us had a favorite Ohio State wide receiver in the class. And uh, I think one of us uh, really liked JSN, one of us really liked G. Scott, one of us really liked Julian Fleming, and one of us is really happy about that. Uh, not going to name any names. Not going to name any names. Um, I really like JSN. I mean, I think, I mean, the kid played at the highest level of high school football in Texas, which is always really impressive. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever gone and looked at his stats in high school. He had 5,384 yards receiving in basically three years because he, he had like 100 yards as a freshman. So that's crazy to, to start off with. 2,132 yards as a senior. So just, you know, statistically, he like just absolutely dominated. But beyond that, you know, a guy can have really nice numbers and not really amount to anything. The thing I look for the most when I'm watching a wide receiver is how, like, my ball they are. Like, when that ball's in the air, nothing else matters. Like, they would punch their grandma if it meant that they got to catch the football and, and beat somebody else to it. And I think JSN more than a lot of, like, he very reminiscent of, like, a Justin Blackman is, like, the guy that I remember being most like this. Like, as soon as that ball was in the air, anywhere near him, it was his no matter what. JSN had that trait in spades. He had great size. He still does, you know, 6'1-ish, 190-ish. He's got uh, plenty of good size. And I thought that he was extremely versatile. We still haven't really seen him play on the boundary, but I've been very consistent over the past three years of saying if he needed to play on the boundary, I think he could do so at a very high level. Now, the only thing he doesn't really do is win deep consistently. I don't think he can necessarily uh, uh, beat these guys. But... Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just think he's a he is a really complete player. Maybe he doesn't have the ceiling of somebody else. I actually kind of prefer Keishon Boutte to him, but I think he's he's just like it was just so obvious that at the worst he was going to be like a you know a a Robert Woods level player in the NFL, not a stylistic comp, but that just felt like that was kind of his his floor to me. Well, there is one out of all of us who has. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, number one, and Kayshawn Boutte, number two. That person is to my right, the audience's left. Um, Colin, what's up? Why do you, why do you hate Kayshawn Boutte with the passion of a thousand sons? Um, you don't hate the player, you hate the value, right? No, um, I, the, I don't hate Kayshawn Boutte. I, I think in p terms of pure... NFL upside, his is higher. Um, 
like like Austin said, the one thing JSN can't really do or doesn't really do that well is stretch the field deep. Keishon Boutte can do that, and he can do everything else. Um, the injury was mildly concerning, and then this is also C2C rank, so we're factoring in college production here. I think there's a very realistic chance that JSN goes for 1,800 yards this year, puts up 17 touchdowns. You know, I, he's going to absolutely smash this year. So on C2C rankings, that is enough for me to put JSN just ahead of Keishon Boutte. Uh, and then when you look at the NFL future, yeah, Keishon Boutte probably has a slightly higher ceiling, but I also feel really good about JSN. I think JSN is going to be a first round wide receiver. That's going to mean something. I think he's going to be very productive in the NFL. These are both high end prospects and JSN just offers a little more on the college side. Colin, I, I, I we talked about this at some point and I can't remember when, but Jackson Smith and Jigba up until this point has been a slot wide receiver. Not only has he been a slot wide receiver, but when we go ask a, a David and Matt and our recruiting team to go track him. He is not a 21 mile per hour running, not someone with elite speed. Are you worried about either his athleticism or the fact that he is primarily used in the slot and not outside on the perimeter? So I think the biggest reason he's primarily used in the slot up to this point was the other two first round wide receivers he had on the other side there. I mean, those were very talented wide receivers in their own right. And the slot is just, one, where he played best, and two, where he fit best on that team. So I think that's part of the reason there. I don't think there's any reason he can't play outside. I think he has that ability and that versatility. I think we'll see a little bit more of that this year. Uh, and then in terms of the athleticism and not being a 21-mile-per-hour guy, that doesn't matter that much to me for wide receivers. At, out of the skill positions, the athleticism of a wide receiver matters a little bit less. I mean – Devontae Adams isn't a 21-mile-per-hour guy. DeAndre Hopkins isn't a 21-mile-per-hour guy. Keenan Allen wasn't a 21-mile-per-hour guy. I mean, I can, I, can go, Brown. Yeah. Yeah, I can keep going down the list here. So it's it's very nice to have that top-end speed, but I, I don't think it's necessary. So I'm not as worried about that with JSN. I don't think that impacts his NFL projection. And just to answer your your question there, Felix, it was the uh, wide receiver ranking call for the Debbie God where you and me were yelling and cursing at each other for like 10 minutes. That, <laughs> that's where we audience, had this conversation. We planned on releasing have... those calls ahead of time, and that basically yeah. ruined. We had to edit yeah. We would have had to just edit the whole damn show because yeah. they, of course, couldn't let it go. They, of course, no, we could. It was bad. It's funny because we spent, we were doing, what did we do, like two hours on those calls? And probably a good 20 minutes of that first hour was just caught up on on all of me and most mostly me and Felix just like yelling at each other about what JSN can be at the next level. I will be 100% honest. I have never yelled at Matthew like I did on that show because I felt like since I wasn't leading the call, I wasn't driving the ship, I could act like an ass and I definitely acted like an ass. So that gives you uh, some color audience for a call that you didn't, you didn't hear uh, me yelling into my phone. Um, uh, is anybody worried? I, I asked that question to Colin about JSN being a slot receiver, but is anybody on this panel worried about the fact that that is how he's primarily used? We don't have a lot of evidence of him, you know, 
uh, uh, beating press coverage, getting deep. I mean, Austin, you said you were a bit, a little bit concerned about that. Alfred, what about you? Is that a concern for you as far as JSN ceiling? Like, is are we talking about you know somebody who might be Cooper Cup and is not going to be um, someone who who's necessarily a deep threat? He's going to be a volume guy. Well, I mean, I have no problem with a volume guy. I mean, this is a fantasy football show. This is a fan, a fantasy football website that we have here. So you're telling me a guy has, you know, 12 target per game potential in the NFL. I don't give a crap if he can win deep or not. I think it's hard to know exactly the system. So I would say it this way. No, it is not a huge concern to me about some of the things we've talked about with JSN here tonight. I still have him as number two. I have him as a very confident first-round NFL draft pick. Um, I think Boutte might be a little more completely team and scheme independent in terms of he goes anywhere. He can do everything you want a wide receiver to do. He has shown it on the field already. We're not only projecting. He's done it at LSU. Um, whereas Jackson might be a little bit more, just a little like he's going to have to go to a scheme for fantasy. That's going to funnel to his position, you know, going to funnel to that big slot, going to funnel to, um, scheme him open the way that, I mean, the rate, I am not sure if Cooper cup would be the Cooper cup. We know right now, not in a Sean McVay Ram scheme. So, or, or with Matthew certain- Stafford. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't quite the same. He was good before, but obviously last year was next level. I just – you those guys can be incredibly successful and awesome. I think Boutte, at this juncture, we're projecting a year and plus ahead of time what's going to happen for the rest of their career. You give Keishon Boutte, no matter what team picks him, I'm like all in. Jackson Smith and Jigba, it would depend a little bit. I think that that's the best way I can say it. I think – Jackson can certainly be a high volume, high produ- productive wide receiver, and probably will be. But I know Boutte, if you know, there's injury concerns with him, but I'm not worried about that. Like thinking five years down the line, um, Boutte to me is more like completely independent of where he goes or what happens. He can just do it. He's your prototype elite wide receiver one prospect. I personally don't have any concerns with JSN. That was kind of the reason of our argument on that call. Uh, I mean, you mentioned him only being in the slot. of it. I mean, I know Alfred said he was somewhat productive. Dude had almost 1,200 yards with Jared Goff. Granted, I understand it was a Sean McVay offense with Cooper Cup. He's been more than effective without Matthew Stafford as well. He oh, yeah, was- totally was. But but I, I didn't say Stafford. Felix says Stafford. So, I said Sean McVay. A scheme that Robert knows... Woods. How to highlight certain players. Chris Godwin. Woods. Keenan, Ke- Woods Keenan didn't do Allen. shit until he was with McVeigh. Keenan Allen. He was not with McVeigh the first year when he came over to LA, was he? When he left Buffalo? And he was actually somewhat good that last year in Buffalo, but regardless. He wasn't really much in Buffalo. I yeah, think that, that was also was a Buffalo thing. Like, now he's not, I don't think has the size of Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen has been extremely broke. Chris Godwin as well. Chris Godwin's not much bigger than JSN, if I remember off the top of my head. He he's primarily played in the slot his entire NFL career and has been pretty damn productive. Now, granted, he's been a lot better since Brady got there. 
it's all about the separation that you can create. And I think we can all agree that JSN creates separation very well, wherever it is off the line within the route, he finds ways to get open. Yes. It's going to come with volume, but you can also say the same thing about Kayshawn Boutte. While I have less concerns about him going to any offense, if he only gets four or five balls past him, he's not necessarily – you don't know that he's going to produce either. If he goes to a – trying to think of a really – if he goes to a Jacoby Brissett-led Cleveland Browns because Deshaun Watson never plays again – I'm not going to bet that Kayshawn Boutte is going to be a top 12 wide receiver for fantasy in the NFL. He's not going to produce. It's not a good system. So system matters for almost any wide receiver, in my opinion. Now, does it matter a little bit more for a guy like Jason? Yes, because he can't be moved all around the formation. But I, I don't think him being pegged as just a slot guy is a bad thing because I think he's shown us that he's special at that. It's not like he's playing in the Mac every week. He's playing in the Big Ten. He's played against better defenses and produced practically everywhere. And in every game. Just as a as a stat correction here, um, Woods' first year with LA or the Rams was with McVay, and he was about two yards per reception more than previously in his career. So I think McVay immediately kind of unlocked something. It wasn't until his second year uh, under McVay that he like went off for twelve hundred yards and really became kind of the the Woods that we know now. But it was McVay all along. We need to give some love to the tight ends here, Austin. Um, when I look at this top five, my, uh, Michael Mayer, Brock Bowers, Michael Trigg, Zach Koontz, Jaheim Bell, that seems like even Zach Koontz, for as big as he is, it seems like a very athletic group. And maybe, just maybe, there is some hope for the tight end position coming to the NFL over the next couple of years. Yeah, I think there's some good guys coming in. I'm actually really surprised that there's no Oscar Delp in our top 10. I th- I definitely think he should be the true freshman there at Georgia, um, who apparently has been getting rave reviews through their, their offseason. I know it's a crowded tight end room, but I, th- I think he's a really good player. I think you could probably say that about all four of the tight ends at Georgia. You wouldn't necessarily be wrong with, with Eric Gilbert and uh, Darnell Washington. Um, I'm still kind of planting my flag on trig of this group, though. We had a really long discussion in our, our like the you know the campus to Canton Slack group today about Brock Bowers. You know, can he get big enough for the NFL to like him? I think that's an interesting question. And then Michael Mayer, you know, it's is he dynamic enough? Like he's a he's the best all around tight end out of this group. Like I don't think there's any question about that. But those guys don't always make the best fantasy player. I think Trigg is the kind of guy where he's already 6'4", 240 plus. He's already he's got a basketball background. You know, we love we eat that crap up. Um, great body control. We saw him in the spring game. It looks like Ole Miss is going to use him heavily. I think he's a guy where I'm willing to to he's my number one tight end in my rankings, and I'm willing to take him higher than he should go because I think the ceiling for him is even better than those other two guys in front of him who have proven it a little bit more. So, and someone just asked, will there be a tight end summit? You're listening to it, buddy. <laughs> We're tossing them with the wide receivers. Colin, uh, Michael Trigg, I mean, we rank players who haven't done a whole lot really aggressively. But to have Michael Trigg number one over Brock Bowers, who we know is an elite athlete, over Michael Mayer, has, who has been super productive, that seems to be way out there. Are you comfortable with ranking Michael Trigg number one at that position? Uh I am not. I don't. I have Brock Bowers as my number one tight end. Um, 
you know, Michael Mayer, Brock Bowers, Michael Trigg, very tight group at the top though. So I don't have a problem with it per se. It's a, it's definitely projection because we really haven't seen it from him where we have seen it from the other two, but the tight end position is one of, if not the hardest skill position to project from college to the NFL level outside of just raw athleticism. And Michael Trigg has that. And I think we're going to see a lot. We're going to learn a lot this year about who Michael Trigg is as a football player, not just an athlete. So Michael Trigg has the opportunity to essentially lead Ole Miss in receiving this year. Or, you know, if he doesn't lead them, he's going to be one of the top options in that room. He has a connection with Dart, who we presume is going to start there. They used him in the bigs as a big slot type of a role this spring. Uh, He could have a phenomenal year. And we're going to look back and think, you know what? That wasn't that crazy. So I think it's a clear top three. If you had anybody other than Browers, Mayer, or Trigg as your number one tight end, I would question that. Uh, Matthew, there's a name here that I'm like, how long are we going to wait for this player to develop? And it's Theo Johnson, who's essentially from a suburb of Detroit in uh, Windsor, <laughs> there, Windsor, Ontario. I refuse to um, have this discussion. <laughs> how, how, uh, how long are you willing to wait on Johnson is he just and for those who don't know had some of the best athletic testing at the position coming out of high school he played a wide receiver position not really tight end in high school and then they had that Chuck Losey uh athletic uh conditioning program to develop to further develop already very very good testing and so that's why he is highly ranked but he hasn't even been a starter to this point Matthew, how long are you willing to wait for for that kid? Uh, easily two to three years into the NFL. I think he's a guy that because of what we expect him to be able to be, and as, as Colin just mentioned, it's extremely hard to project tight ends. I mean, in all honesty, how many of these guys do you guys feel real comfortable about here in our top 10 actually producing at a high-end level? For me, it's like two. If I'm being like, Jaheim Bell is very highly ranked for everybody here but me. I don't see him as a real NFL tight end. Like, maybe they, maybe he goes to the right offense and uses him the right way. He's going to smash probably this year in college football. I don't know. I have my concerns about Zach Coons. I have my concerns about Brock Bowers. Like, we've had that discussion as well. Theo Johnson's a guy that I believe he's a good enough blocker and he's a good receiver. I never expected him to do much at Penn State, especially now too with Clifford being there again. They just don't seem to use him. But look at what happened with Mike Gesicki. Like he goes out there, smashes the combine, ends up getting, I don't remember exactly where he got drafted, but it was very high draft capital. And he stuck around and been productive in the NFL even as a rookie. So, and who was the, did we not just see another tight end from Penn State drafted recently? Remind me. Fryer, oh well, Fry, that he doesn't deserve to be in this conversation. He deserves to not be in this conversation. He is very good. We we knew he was going to be good, so I'm I'm perfectly fine taking a Theo Johnson if he's on my C2C roster. And most of these leagues have some kind of taxi squad or the NFL squads are just so large that it doesn't matter. And keep him there for a couple of years and see if he develops. Because I think the skills are there. And realistically, at the NFL level, fantasy football tight ends like if you don't have those top three guys, like wide receivers five through twenty four are practically the same thing. I don't want to assume that uh, people know how athletic Theo Johnson was coming out of high school. He ran a 4'6", 340 at 6'5", 231 pounds. 
Uh, just compare that, for example, to Saquon Barkley, who ran a 4.66 coming out of high school, and Justin Jefferson ran a 4 seven eight if i remember correctly he had a vertical jump of 35.2 inches a wingspan of uh, 80 inches a shuttle of of four two eight i mean i i never trust these shuttle times because every shuttle time i see for a high school kid is like amongst the highest shuttle the best shuttle times we would have seen at the nfl combine that season but take that for what it's worth a four, four, four three uh shuttle time so very very athletic kid um uh elijah arroyo I still think, Alfred, that he had – you're down there in Florida. I know that that's not your your team. But Elijah Arroyo, I believe, still has a very, very high ceiling. And quite frankly, with the lack of uh, receiving weapons down there at Miami, we might find Elijah Arroyo and Will Mallory being the focus of the passing game uh, this season. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good take. Um, I may – you know – it's weird because every thing I read seems to imply that Mallory all else, you know, equal is the preferred starter, but I believe he was injured during spring and Arroyo got some run if I'm remembering correctly. And I agree. I think Arroyo is a little more of a dynamic, you know, maybe it's just the aspect of the unknown, you know, unknown potential because we haven't really seen him much. Um, I could probably stand to move him up a little bit, getting closer to the top 10 of my rankings now that I'm looking at it. But uh, yeah, I definitely think they have some issues with um, depth uh, and, and really talent at the wide receiver position. So they may look to run two tight end sets. They may look to, um, you know, you know, Cristobal and uh, his style is usually more of the big guys and running the game, running the football, which means more tight ends on the field, probably. And so uh, I think that's a pretty good call that he could be a breakout guy. Austin, this is, let's go back to wide receiver. This is a very deep position. We've talked about our top 10, and I should mention that tonight's wide receiver summit, tight end summit, is going to be in two parts. There's this part that you're listening to, and the second half, the second portion of, of tonight's show, is going to be only for subscribers to campusdecant.com. It's going to be posted in our Discord, and they're the, the ones that are going to have access to it. So if you are not a subscriber to campusdecant.com, you might think it's terribly expensive. We produce a lot of content. It's just $2.99 a month to get started. We've got a couple of promo codes out there uh, uh, in, the, in the community. So $2.99 a month to get started. You can pay yearly, $29.99 for, for the year. We've got three guides, a Debbie guide, a freshman and supplemental guide, a CFF guide. Uh, and we're going to keep bringing you the best content that we can, that we can. Um, so go ahead and get get that corrected. Sign up for the website between now and when we end this show, and you will have access to the second half of this show. Austin, is there a wide receiver outside the top 10? And I feel like there are a few, actually, that you are very confident in that will be top 10 wide receivers next year or even top five. Yeah, well, we lose, what, half of this top five. I feel our top 10, I feel pretty good about that prediction. You know, Butte, JSN, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, and uh, Jermaine Burton and Josh Downs. So six of them for sure, I think, are gone. Parker Washington could be. Uh, he kind of feels like a four-year guy for me. I don't know. Some of those Penn State wide receivers stay for that that fourth year. I don't know uh, what it is there. It's certainly not the town of Happy Valley. It's because uh, they don't put any stats on the field. 
That's and, rude. The NFL's Happy like, well, you, you, you went for 600 yards? Okay, stay in school. So, Happy Valley's a wonderful place. So six, probably, if not seven, of these guys are going to be gone. So there's going to be a lot of names to replace them. Uh, Emeka Buka feels like an obvious one. I mentioned him earlier, but I think he's just, you know, a next guy up at Ohio State there. Um, I'm surprised he wasn't in our top 10. Again, I have him, I think, as my wide receiver nine, I believe, eight or nine. Um, I, I just think. It's because of two people. That's uh, why he's yeah, not. Shocker. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think he's he's on the same spectrum as Luther Burden and Felix him, has him really low too. So I think Felix just doesn't necessarily love that archetype of player. Um, so he's one. I think Mario Williams has a chance to jump up there as much as as much crap as I've given Felix on Mario Williams. I think he could creep into a top 10 paired with Caleb Williams there. I think he'll score you know pretty well for fantasy purposes. Um, yeah, there, there are two others that I think have a really good chance. Adam, or uh, yeah, uh, no, sorry, Matthew Golden at Houston, who was announced today that he is going to be the star- a starting wide receiver at Houston, probably going to be the wide receiver too there. Uh, that's a very productive offense. And the other one is um, Talon Shetron, who I think is not going early enough in drafts. Even if you don't necessarily believe in Talon Shetron, who's a true freshman, he was a top 15 or so kid in the composite in this class. He's going to Oklahoma State, big athletic kid, like 6'3", 190-ish. Even if you don't believe in the NFL potential, which I definitely do, the lead boundary wide receiver at Oklahoma State is amongst the most valuable positions in all of college fantasy football. Amongst. There's a couple others that can that can uh, 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 contend with it. But I think he has the skills to do it. He was reportedly one of their best players, if not their best skill guy over the spring. He's got great size. He's got everything you want in, in that position. He's really, really athletic. He's really strong with the ball in his hands. He can win downfield. I think he'll be a monster in the red zone. I think that's how they'll get him going his first couple of, of weeks before he really takes that rollover uh, completely. So he's a guy that I think is just really obvious. If it if he has that job by the end of the year, there's zero reason why he shouldn't be a top 10 guy because at minimum, you're probably going to get two, maybe three years of just insane CFF production. I think the NFL will like him enough that he goes day two at the worst. I just He's that level of an athlete. He's got that size. There's a lot of wide receivers uh, out there, Alfred. Any that you are particularly confident on are going to be in the top five, top 10 after this season. Yeah, I think a guy um, is Bo Collins for Clemson. He was one of the best freshman receivers in a fairly down year for freshman receivers in 2021. But he is kind of that, you know, prototypical boundary type receiver. Um, I think they're going to wind up getting a QB upgrade at some point this year. I know that the Cade Klubnik is a bit of a polarizing character, but for me, I think he's really good. And I think he's going to elevate the Clemson offense at some point this year. I've been saying it. Um, and so I think you're going to start getting production out of them because last year in the passing game, production was nowhere to be found. But I think Bo Collins could very – I mean, I'm just going to say I think he leads Clemson in receiving this year. Uh, I don't believe in Joe Ngata. He's had plenty of time. He really has not ever done anything. So I like Bo Collins. Um, uh, he showed it a lot as a freshman. I think he could jump in there. He's our composite 17. I think he could be top 10 pretty easily next year. And then a guy that I'm just going to mention because Austin didn't. I know he's one of Austin's guys. Lorenzo Styles for Notre Dame, right? I mean, I think he showed some stuff last year. Um, 
I'm personally excited about the Tyler Buchner era. I hope he can get in there and unlock some firepower and stuff in, in Notre Dame. And I think what Freeman is doing, bringing – you can tell, I think, what the eye uh, looking forward is at Notre Dame. The, the type of players they're trying to bring in, the type of players they're targeting, I think there's going to be a little more emphasis on the dynamic offensive system uh, rather than just whatever they've done um, – in the past. So I, 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 I'm kind of on the Lorenzo styles train that Austin started earlier this off season. He's definitely the conductor, but I'm kind of interested. <laughs> I can't keep it in anymore. Hey, I can't keep it anymore. What you're talking about Lorenzo styles being a top 10. I was, I I was going to call with, I was, you this was going to be my call 56 out in our rankings. Is it going to have like a historical <laughs> wide receiver season? That was going to be one of my call outs. You know, I struggle with <laughs> I updating just... <laughs> players. From time to time. Great I'm call. actually, as we're talking, I'm going through and being like, oh, damn, he needs to be higher right now. Um, he's number 11 for me. So, and, and he, I, should, yeah, he's, I wouldn't he's say very he's high number 11, but, but I would have him Except for the higher than he, he is right now. He got left behind. I, he got left behind in, in, in when I was updating, okay? It was more recently that I, that I believed Austin started being like, okay, I think this is a thing. It's recent. Well, Tyler Buckner is going to have to throw to uh, Lorenzo Styles in the slot because he can't throw outside the numbers. So um, he, that's going to be the only place he can go with the football. Matthew, oh, the other thing I wanted to – I do want to plug Debbie Debate here because we did this exercise about a month ago. What are the wide receiver rankings going to look like Um this time next year. And so we went through uh, uh, the, the top 10 at the position, and I had Lorenzo Styles very, very high. Matthew, when I look at – even like 10 through 20, it's really, really deep. Lorenzo Styles. I got Lorenzo Styles at 11. I've got Isaiah Nayor at 18. I've got Emeka Abuka at 21. Matthew Golden at 22. Uh, Nathaniel Dell at 26. I mean, wide receiver is really, really deep. Do you have any that you are particularly fond of outside of the top 10? Yeah, I, I've got two um, outside of our top 10, but he is in my top 10. Um, and a lot of this, I'm just going to be honest, is 100% what me and you argued about last year with Marvin Harrison Jr. And that's Keon Grace, who I think is going to be a guy we're going to be having this argument about where I have him ranked in our top 10. And then Austin's going to put him at like wide receiver five next year. And he's going to become Austin's guy. And everybody on Twitter's going to be like, Austin's so smart and all this other stuff. But Keon Gray's the guy that I'm, I'm really in on. I think is the guy, the next guy to step up. Uh, another guy that I really think is going to have a good year. I've, I've been talking a lot about, and I'm not going to lie. I'm a tad bit ashamed because I really thought I was the highest on him. And then I looked and one of them. One of you actually already has him in your top 10. And that's Evan Stewart, and that's you, Felix. You have him ranked at nine. I have him at 23, I believe. He is another guy. I mean, we talked a lot about this on Debbie Debate last night. You know, whether or not we really want to believe Jimbo Fisher is really going to have a more pass-friendly offense. I've said all offseason I'm going to believe him for now. But even if he doesn't, Evan Stewart was amazing in spring. We've only had one day of camp so far, but for everything I read this morning, he had a really good day yesterday as well. He's got that could actually absolutely dominate in that offense next year and will be a guy, again, that jumps up there. So those two freshmen for me I think are going to be guys right there with Luther Burden, which is insane to say three guys going in their sophomore seasons could be in our top ten. Colin, I want you to finish this question as to who you like outside of the top ten, but you guys get ready because I want you, before we call each other out on rankings 
because I, we're going to bump against time. I do want everyone to plant their flag on a player. Doesn't don't care where they are. Austin, you just can't. Did? I don't. No, no, I don't think so. I think uh, what we're just doing is find another like player. Outside of the, oh my god! I, and and Austin, <laughs> you you can't pick Jackson Smith and Jigbar or Kayshawn Butte because you're prone to do stuff like that. So, uh, someone outside of there, Colin. Who do you like outside of the top ten? I like a lot of the guys that have already been named so far. Like I, I think, like you've been saying, this is just such a deep group. There's a number of guys that I could see jumping up into or very, very close to the top ten. Um, I'm gonna hedge a little bit, and I'm just gonna say one of the TCU freshmen, DJ Allen or Jordan Hudson. Um, I personally like DJ Allen better. I liked him better coming out. I think he is just a more dynamic receiver. Uh, he's a better athlete, and I think he brings a, little, a different element to the game. It sounds like TCU really likes Jordan Hudson. Uh, I went back and I've watched Jordan Hudson, and he's he's fine. He's solid. I, I don't quite see the ceiling still that I do with DJ Allen. Um, but I think it's going to be a very productive offense. It's uh, Sonny Dykes' offense can support two wide receivers. Quentin Johnston is going to be gone. And we are going to put one of these guys up there very, very highly. Based on the way spring reports are going, it sounds like it actually might be Jordan, Jordan Hudson since he's go- sounds like going to be one of the ones to start. If DJ Allen sees the field, also, I could see him getting up that high. So one of them will be up there. Jordan Hudson played at a high level of competition in, in Texas high school football and was extremely productive uh, in, in, in Texas high school football. So he may not have the athleticism, but he's going to be one to track. He's going to be one to track. All right. Uh, That's my flag all, plant. Can I, can I actually go first here? I want to plant my flag. And I'm not going to pick one because I haven't gotten to talk about a lot of players. Um, Isaiah Nayor is one that I'm going to plant my flag on. Andre Green, the true freshman at um, at North Carolina, is one. And then, Austin, you mentioned Taylor Shetron. I'm going to plant my flag on Jaden Bray, which seems so hypocritical. So hypocritical because I remember we talked about Jaden Bray in the text, and you were – fond of his um his play style with what Oklahoma State uh they developed that type of player and so and I've gravitated toward and then he was g- good in spurts last year so Jaden Bray I think is going to be the the focus of that passing game uh this year and the three players that I named all have like similar play styles they're all ex-boundary type wide receivers who can play above the rim I'm going to plant my flag on those three possession type guys. Austin, did I take your flag plant? Do I have to talk about the text conversation we had last year about Jaden Bray? I'm, did you talk about it? I took off the headphones. I threw a little fit. I did. I did. I did. I did. I talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> and now all of a sudden you're planting your flag on him. Okay. Okay. I remember that. Do I, should I not change my mind after I get more information? I mean, geez. Well, it sounds like I wasn't allowed to do that about Marvin Harrison after last year's show. So I don't, well, I don't know. Well, I wasn't. I was mocked and ridiculed. You and Matthew were mocked and ridiculed, made fun of, <sighs> teased about our ranking of Marvin Harrison Jr. Go, go ahead. Austin, you're up. Please don't play defense against this. This is the important stuff here. What, who needs your flag? Who's your flag? Can I cheat? And I'm not going to do a, a super high name. I'm going to do a guy that's going to be a freshman next year. I think 
I think that that Makai Lemon is my number one wide receiver in next year's class. Technically listed as an athlete, but he's going to play wide receiver at USC. Is has a chance to be the number one wide receiver in that offense as a true freshman. He just does. I think he's really well-rounded player uh, paired there in an explosive link Lincoln Riley offense. I think no matter what happens, he'll get significant snaps there. Just a really good at he's kind of similar. I think he's basically a more athletic Emeka Aguka. And not that Emeka Aguka is a bad athlete, but I think Lemon is like kind of the the 10% more athletic version of him. I think he's a really good player. He's already over six feet tall. And again, just a really good offense there at USC with a really good quarterback and an offense that is proven to to generally do well with wide receiver play. Um, I think he can he can play all three positions, which I think gets him on the field early. I think he could do some special team stuff, which I think gets him on the field early. So uh, Makai Lemon's a guy that he will pro. I think so on Debbie debate we did project our top ten wide receivers for next year for for Debbie purposes, and I believe Lemon was like my wide receiver six or seven or something like that. And I think. That's about where he'll sit, barring just a bunch of crazy breakouts that I don't see coming this year. I need one season where Mario Williams is the freaking number one guy. That's not his the- game. We know it. He, he, the staff <laughs> that there he knows it. The only person that doesn't know it is you, Felix. Welcome to the party. Alfred, give us your flag plant. I'm going to plant my flag on a on a true freshman this year who I just, you know, I've been in a bunch of drafts now and I just always seem to just, I can keep waiting and keep waiting and he keeps falling, but he's my wide receiver um, two in the class and still denial on more set for Georgia. I mean, I know that Matt Powell, big wide receiver guy for us really likes him too. I think he's, you know, AJ Brown ish. And so that kind of player, even in this Georgia offense that, you know, we don't know what it'll look like in a, in a year or two, but like, I think that kind of yak ability, his ability to just get the ball and, and, you know, make people look silly once he's got the ball in his hands is going to be featured at Georgia. Um, maybe as soon as this year, I mean, I'm, I'm not like terribly, you know, standing any of their other wide receivers, I think he could just be really good right away. So I really like him and, and he doesn't seem to really get a lot of respect in the, in the freshman ranks or C2C right now, but he's a guy I target every single time. Cause I think it's just easy to scoop him up. He's my wide receiver 18 overall. Um, Cause that's where I start throwing in the freshman and that's my flag plant. You just have a set number where you start throwing in the freshman. No, I mean, it just, that's where that this year, that's where it happens where I'm like, okay, I want to start going freshman upside. And, uh, and yeah, so he's pretty high for me. I think I'm curious why you hate so many other freshmen. Cause my God. Well, I'm sure we will get to that, Matthew. Why don't you give us your flag plan? I like him. We can come to you first. He's pretty awesome. Calling people out. Go ahead, Matthew. Um, so it was going to be Matthew Golden or DJ Allen. I'm highest on both of those guys. They're guys that I've liked for a long time. But Austin and Colin mentioned them a little bit, so I don't want to go down that route. So I'm picking another guy that I'm fairly high on compared to most everybody else. The next closest person to me is Austin. Uh, I talked a little bit about this player uh, earlier in on Debbie debate with Mike Valeri, I think, in, and Chris Moxley. I'm going to play my flag on Troy Franklin this year. I really think Oregon's going to bounce back. I, you know, don't think Bo Nix is going to be, you know, the savior of the Oregon program and, and turn that around. But 
Franklin, I mean, he is a really good athlete, really quick feet. I love how how easy he gets off the line. I think he's got very good long speed as well. I think he's going to be the number one in that offense. I do expect it to take a step forward. Obviously, as a, you know, we would have loved it to be Ty Thompson. That just doesn't seem like that's going to happen this year. But I do think Bo Nix can open that up for him. I have Troy Franklin up at 17 right now, and I really think he's going to have a really good year. I can't remember exactly. I don't think Mike's here. Usually he's commenting in the chat, but like, rarely you see these guys who don't have good freshman seasons break out as a sophomore. I want to say it's like over 900 yards and like five touchdowns and him and Emeka Ibuka were the two that I picked to do that this year to have those breakouts in his thread. Cause me and uh, Nate Marquis at our site, one of our great CFF minds kind of had a, the three of us had a conversation about that. Uh, so Troy Franklin, I think he ends up having a really good season this year. Troy Franklin, athletic kid from California, I believe. I just have a problem with, you know, he went from one defensive head coach to another defensive head coach, bringing in someone whose offensive background is Auburn. I mean, ugh, that feels a little bit yucky, but I like Troy Frank Franklin, the pl- the player, the athlete. Um, all right. Uh, you are up, Colin, with your flag plant. Alfred's was the nylon Morissette, just in case um, uh, Fiegel didn't catch the chat there. Uh, the nylon Morissette. Uh, I'm going to go with a player that uh, only Austin and myself have ranked, and I have him almost 50 spots higher than Austin. Um, He sits just outside my top 50, and that's Trey Palmer at Nebraska. I mean, this dude, first former four-star wide receiver, uh, number 18 wide receiver in the class of 2019, but he had offers from all the big guys, Alabama, LSU, everybody. Um, and gets on the field as a true freshman, as a kick returner. So it was not a year one zero. Um, you know, he had 65 yards and a punt return touchdown. He returned kicks the next year, um, in 2020, 2021, he didn't really do much either, but did some kick returnings, but, you know, very talented room overall there at LSU. I mean, we know what the wide receivers have looked like. Since he's been there, he was there in 2019 with Jamar Chase and um, Justin Jefferson and um, Terrace Marshall. 2020 with Terrace Marshall and Keishon Boutte. Was disappointed to not see him break out last year, but he transfers to Nebraska. And Nebraska brings in Mark Whipple. I think he can absolutely be the number one wide receiver in that Mark Whipple offense. I think he's going to put up really, really nice numbers. and he's a former four-star guy. He's athletic, returns kicks. He's versatile. This is a guy that I think is going to skyrocket up people's boards. And if he makes the decision to come out after this year, uh, which he can be, see- he could go to the Senior Bowl. I think if he goes to the Senior Bowl, he's a stock up. We're looking at possibly a day two guy. I just want to say I think that is a great call, Colin. Um, Thank he's you, been a guy who's slowly been coming up for me as well and awesome point about whipple and you know casey thompson he was productive he he unlocked worthy last year so i i think that's a great call thank you for saying that thank you for saying that uh alfred casey thompson yes he, he could was, he could succeed despite casey he was thompson. good he was good last year tragic character just one fatal flaw his arm strength all right, uh, Matthew, you seem to be particularly excited about calling some people out. I mean, you have a smirk on your face right now. So let's go to you. So uh, uh, why don't you call somebody out on their rankings? 
Well, I, I feel like when I do this, is it's it gives two of you a very easy out. But Felix and Alfred, like your guys' ranking on these freshmen is is very like just it's it's depressing to be honest. Like Alfred, you said you liked all the freshmen. You've got three inside your top like twenty, and that's it. DJ Allen, you've got ranked at seventy six. Matthew Golden, which like okay, I'll give you DJ Allen because we have some questions. Matthew Golden, the golden child of C2C at this point, you have it 75. He's a G5 70. receiver. He's a G5 receiver. He's for be for one more season. For so one, yeah, make right. That argument anymore. That argument's dead by this time next year. So regardless. <laughs> I did move him to 62 during this discussion, I will say. He's at 62 still right extremely now. He's going to be the X. I'm skeptical about NFL future from the G5, man. I mean, I'm just... I'm not out That's here fine. saying like, hey, Let's I'm continue. good enough. I'm good Let's enough continue. to look at his. Yeah, let me know team. because I have Evan Stewart at nine. I have Matthew Golden you have, you have at some, 22. Well, some of your other ones may not be the. I, I have I'm Luther Burden at 17, so. Well, that's okay. So you mentioned like three of the top guys. If you really want to scroll down, like Antonio Williams, who's ranked in the top, well, I'll just say 40. I'm the lowest at 33. You have it 115. You just talked about how much you like Talon Cetron as your flag plant. Possibly you have him at 85. 85. So you're planting your flag on a guy who's not even technically going to be starting for you every single week. Uh, but anyways, we're continuing down this list. Like My flag plant was not Tatora McMillan. I know, but you said you could plant your flag on him, and then you pivoted to Jaden Bray. You are correct. Andre Green, who Felix just talked about how much he would also possibly plant his flag on him. Alfred, you have ranked at 110. Tatora McMillan, 113. Shaz I Preston, don't like 81. those players. I don't care if they're freshmen or not. I don't like those players. Well, then you can't make the claim of catch-all. I like all the freshmen and then rank all of them in the hundreds. That is what you said. You said, I like all the freshmen We when I called you out about your ranking of the freshmen earlier. I like the freshmen that I like. I have no problem putting freshmen I like high, but if I don't, I'm not, I don't like those guys. I don't, they're low in my freshman ranks. So you're low in my overall ranks. I did not like those players. Who Who was... Matt, give me one player that you don't like on Alfred's on ranking, so I can toss it to the to the to the audience. Oh, just pick. And they can just let pick us know. one of any of those freshmen just, that I just mentioned. Like, you just you named a lot of guys. Okay, Matthew guy. Matthew Golden seems to be the easiest one to, to call out because I think the G five. <laughs> what does he have him crap. ranked at? What does he, he have him ranked, ranked at? at Seventy five, and All everybody right. else. Let is, us I just know. want to give it. Austin has him at 23. Colin has him at 25. Felix, you have him at 22. I have him at 19. He has him ranked at okay. 75. Well, let's let's uh, let's employ some d- d- democracy 62. here. He has him 62. 62. Is that too low or too high or just right for Matthew Golden, the freshman at Houston? Please uh, weigh in in the comments. Golden here. Matthew Golden. All right. Um, too high, too low, just right. No. Do, do, yes, that's right. pretty good, Austin. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. All right, uh, who wants to call out? Some... Alfred, do I need to come to you so you can get back at uh, at Matthew? Give me a second. Alfred? No, don't call on me next. All right, Give me a second. Colin, what about you? Are you ready to go? I am ready to go. Um, I got one for Austin here. I, I didn't get a chance to call you out on the RB Summit. We ran out of time, so I got this one for you. Um, your formerly your guy, apparently no longer, um, Jaden Wally. 133rd overall. Yeah. Um, everybody else, I mean, we got a 53. I have him at 82, 57, 68. So, you know, everybody else 
fairly close there. Then you are at 133. Is this just you overcorrecting because you whiffed so hard on him last year? Or do you actually hate Jaden Wally this much? So what you're doing, well, besides being a dick, is called <laughs> it's called anchoring, which is where you had high expectations last year, and now you're 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 looking at this player related to where you had him ranked last year. So you said he wasn't good last year. Maybe he was in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. I don't know. So you'll bump him down 20 or 30 spots. That'll do it. That'll do the trick. He was fine last year. Like, don't get me wrong. Jaden Wally was fine last year. He still ended the year with like five or six, five or six hundred yards, like a, a couple of touchdowns. Like he wasn't trash. He just wasn't the go-to guy. Like I thought he would be in a Mississippi State offense that passed the ball for what forty-five hundred yards last year. It, it uh, they they passed for a lot of yardage. The problem with him is he got basically no hype in spring. They. Seemed like last year they were much less focused on getting the ball to one or two guys and getting passing all over the place. They have a huge stable of wide receivers there that are bit like they have like four slot guys that are basically the same guy, and they have like four boundary guys for the same guy. They're going to rotate a ton. So if I don't think I can start him week in, week out for CFF purposes, and I no longer necessarily think he's going to be a day one or day two draft pick, then what almost every single guy I have in front of him, I'd probably feel that, or you know, he's in a tier now with like 60 other guys that I don't think are, are CFS starters. And I don't think they're their first or second round draft picks. So that's, that's what happens to get bumped down that far. But for the record, yeah, you, I you still think he's an wrong. NF. I still think he's an NFL player. Like I think he will have an NFL career. It just won't be the career that I kind of anticipated after year one. We're going to have to take this segment out because uh, too much tension, too much tension. Um, Austin, are you ready to call someone out? Well, all of mine were for Alfred, but I don't want to do that again. You don't want to pile on to Alfred? <laughs> so all Alfred I will say about Alfred is that, Alfred, I think you're just in general too low on freshmen, which is really interesting because I think you have some non-CFF upside, non-Devy upside guys in front of a lot of these freshmen, which I just find really, really odd. That's bad if that's true. Um, but that's that's just my personal opinion on that. Um and the other ones are all Felix because Felix doesn't have a lot of the CFF guys rated high enough, in my opinion. Uh, like Rasheed Rice, for instance, you have at 105. He's probably going to be the mm-hmm. wide receiver one at SMU this year. They're probably going to throw for 4,000 plus yards. I mean, the wide receiver one there last year had about 1,000 a, a yards and, you know, seven to 10 touchdowns. Like, I think, you know, that's a really good player right, to have him at When you draft those wide receivers, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm in C2C startups. I'm taking those guys like in round. 30 plus. I mean, they stay on the board a long time, those types of players. What about like a Caden Prather you have at 145? Uh, Graham Harrell offense there at West Virginia, probably the wide receiver one. That seems low to me. Uh, you just, you seem like you hang on I to the Debbie upside a, a little too long for me Prather. personally. And I think okay. Prather does have some Debbie upside. You guys, Nate Marquise and I don't think it's Colin. Somebody else have basically convinced me on, on Caden Prather. It was oh, Mike Valeri. No, and we don't, we don't talk about Mike, but yeah, some other guy. Talked I was him. told last week that not seeing a player, so not having in the ranks is not an okay uh, answer <laughs> by Chris Moxley, so you can't answer that. I no, When I said I hadn't had a chance to watch Jaden Glover, the running back, yes, I'm not going to rank him. I was told that's not a good enough answer, so you need to come up with a better one. Jaden Glover. <laughs> well, Chris Moxley is, is not here. All right, Alfred, you are last. 
Are you ready? I mean, you've been studying those rankings for a while. I went you've easy on you. Here. You have been harassed. Are you ready to fight back? Yeah, and I and I hate to do this, Felix, but you know, He's we're talking a lot about freshmen. Oh. And uh I, I can't understand why you have Antonio Williams outside the top 100 you know even if you don't think he's that excellent like how many wide receivers are going to be good at clemson seriously none we but antonio we williams is different antonio so it's going to be it's going to be bo collins antonio williams and uh uh adam randall all three of them are go- they're just going to pop at clemson not this year but like you know we don't know clubness upside they're getting Vizine. Maybe they'll get a exactly. quarterback change. But that's so low. I mean, I'm not saying you got to rank him top 20. Outside the top 100 means you're basically – he's nothing ever to me. I mean, it, that's I mean, so low. After like, you just must – I mean, I'm asking. I, honestly, I'm asking. Like, you don't have to think he's a great player. I think he's – an intriguing player. I also think he fills a need in that offense. Like they have to use him unless he's a total disaster because they don't have anybody else like him. So I think the opportunity is going to be there. It's interesting to me that for you, he's like, I mean, you've got him ranked to where like, I mean, I don't ever want him on any team. And I'm just curious if you have a reason or if you're just like, I'm I'm not drafted any of them. I'm trying to see where I have Bo Collins ranked. I have Bo Collins at 33. I mean, you all know how I like the big, strong, fast wide receiver. I have Adam Randall at 13. Like, how many? Yeah. So you don't Clemson hate the Clemson office. You just hate Tony rece- Williams. But how many Clemson wide receivers am I going to have ranked that highly? I mean, that's kind of. I will fight back on that one. I just. I. It, I'm not saying that they're in like the Michigan territory. Like, if a wide receiver goes there, but it don't feel great. You know, a, a Clemson wide receiver, or kind of touting them highly. Uh, but I, I still, I got Adam. I've got Adam Randall all over the place. I got him at thirteen, so I don't have that big of a problem with it. But me and uh, Todd have a bet on uh, Mario Williams versus Bo Collins, so we'll see. Okay, we'll so start. I have actually a, quickly a follow up here. Are we as a community like? just writing off Clemson for absolute dead because of one bad year with DJU. I mean, like, I know they don't have a quarterback that everyone feels great about. Like Watson succeeded to Lawrence, but like they were churning out multiple thousand yard receivers. Travis Etienne was a stud. Like I just, I I mean, but the general consensus is like, Oh, it's Clemson. We can't bank on Clemson to produce anything. Like they had one bad year. With DJU, like I just, I'm not willing to say like Clemson. They had one bad year, but their offense was not innovative, and they promote from within. They don't bring, you know, outside help to bring in new ideas. So that's, I mean, that's kind of my my problem with them. Like, what's where is the solution? What's different about Clemson this year as opposed to last year? Well, Tony Elliott left. If they had a, if they had a line or they had a quarterback, you would feel good. Yeah. But right now it looks like they have neither, and that's what makes me feel bad about them because one can overcome the other, but both is tough. I actually, th- my argument uh, is the opposite of what you just said, Alfred. I actually think we saw the real Clemson offense last year because 
Clemson was not good with Dabo Sweeney really before what Kelly Bryant had a one good year, maybe. And then it was all Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. They were the ones that carried the Clemson program. I don't think Dabo Sweeney is a good coach. I don't think Tony Elliott was, and I don't think them promoting the guy who was learning under Tony Elliott is going to help that offense any. They didn't change anything. They didn't bring in a Graham Harrell. They didn't bring in a Zach Kitley. They brought in a guy who literally was just helping run the same offense we saw last year, which you just mentioned was god-awful. It was horrible. It was bad. So I don't see why we would have any hopes that that's going to get better, even if we do think, which – I, you know, you've mentioned you you really like Cade Klubnick. Even if you expect Cade Klubnick to be really good, I'm not putting him Trevor Lawrence Deshaun Watson scale right now. So if he's not even going to be close to that good, what makes you think he can carry that whole offense? I, the, I just don't see the upside at all. Okay, I, I mean, it's that's probably could be a whole show in in and of itself. It's just I feel like we're writing off Clemson as an entire program offensively a little too soon, but. Well, that was this whole show, at least the first part of the Wide Receiver Ranking Summit. Again, jump in our Discord if you want to see the second half of the Wide Receiver Ranking Summit where we interact a little bit more with the audience. We're going to take questions, and we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this group, which is extremely, extremely deep. All right? Have a good night.